This show is a proud member of the Nerdy Legion Podcast Network. Get more at nerdylegion.com. Enjoy the show! today with one of our favorite Aftershock authors who has written two fantastic series. He was on the show before, I believe, talking Midnight Vista, and this time we have him back to talk about Hot Lunch Special. Uh, we are here with the one and only Mr. Elliot Rahal. Man, how's it going, Aaron uh, and Ronnie? And it's Ray Hall. No it's big Ray deal. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to talk about that as we talk about uh, the subject matter for today. Perfect. So I guess before we get into the book, I want to say the first time I was made aware of your writing was probably when you did uh, Ninjak versus the Valiant Universe. Oh, God. Because Ronnie, Ronnie and I basically met through our Valiant fandom back in the day. Mm-hmm. Okay. I didn't realize it makes sense that you guys are Valiant fans. Oh. <laughs> hey, I, I, I got a lot of love for Valiant. Uh, yeah. I, I love Valiant fans. Every fucking con, some dope with a long box full of comic <laughs> books that nobody else read will come up to me and have me sign every single one of them. I got nothing but respect for Valiant fans. <laughs> so... That being said, we'll skip ahead from Valiant. I know you wrote a couple other things. I want to say you did the Bloodshot's Day Off book. Right. No, was, you did no, the Shadow yeah. Man. I, I'm proud of a lot of my work at Valiant. The, the, the Ninjak versus the Valiant universe was a, an incredible opportunity that I was very thankful for. However, uh, my arms were a little bit tied behind my back on that project. That's the only reason why I, I made a noise. Yeah. Well, with, out of curiosity, with that one, I'm guessing they had the show sort of written and done and then said to you, make this a comic. And basically you just had to kind of recreate what was on screen. Uh, in theory, that's what was supposed to have happened. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. Uh, and the thing is, is that I was handed two different types of sources with conflicting information and neither were like necessarily complete, but I knew how it was going to be finished. So it was like, it was like a lot of, it was, it was definitely a, 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 an interesting puzzle to put together, but it was great. And Joe Bennett is you know, uh, incredible. And like, it was a fun story. It's basically just what if Ninjak was diehard, you know, like, right, yeah. you know, I mean, and that's a fun story, right? You can't so, end, you can't okay. end Valiant there because like Escape from Gulag is yeah a well, hundred times better say. than that. Hey, was, yeah, I mean, yeah. Book. There, do you you also wrote the um the Ray Stroman Shadow Man issue? Yeah, right? That was also bizarre. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, um, the art on that was incredible too, and. Uh, and also, like the the kids, I didn't. I only met one of them, 
but he was so cool and he was like so nice and he was so chill and like he was just so happy to be there and like you know like and those guys like yeah is it a ridiculous thing and is it a ridiculous pairing but man like those guys are from ronnie you you know those guys are from fucking tupelo man like that's that's not an easy place to go like you know i mean they made something of themselves and then they i got hired to write a comic book with them (laughs) and they loved you know like they were fucking yeah they were crazy but it's it's crazy meeting anyone that young with that much money. Mm. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it makes you a different yeah. kind right. of crazy person. We're like, <laughs> oh, like, the whole world is, like, revolving around you. And it's like, you're not wrong. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah. And, like, I love Lejeune's Day Off. And, right. Yeah. Escaping the Gulag was a a really pivotal moment for me. Uh, and that was a story that meant a lot to me. And I think that's part of the, without that story, I honestly don't think I'm talking to you guys right now. Really? You know, um, I don't think I have any other stories or, or a hot lunch special or, or, or whatever that, that story was like a, just a very specific moment for me where I, I thought I was gonna, I, I needed a shot. Like I needed somebody to take a shot on me. And I yep. needed somebody to put some faith in me and I needed to show somebody what I could do. And, and like, I was like really down and out and it was a really difficult time. And, uh, I put everything I had into it. And like, you know, that was like the moment where I don't think I've necessarily found a quote unquote, like voice or whatever. That sounds like a total tool, but like, that's where I learned what I like, like, you know, I don't, it was just, it was just a really important moment for me. Yeah. It's like, that was one book that I think for, from my perspective as a fan, like you were able to flex your muscles and do things that you wanted to do. Unlike before it was like, follow the dotted line to get to where there you could just, I mean, I don't know how behind the scenes process worked, obviously, but like there you were like, okay, I'm going to do this and then we're going to make it crazy here and set this tone and go from there. I mean, I'll just say that Warren Simon uh, pushed me a lot. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And he really pushed me a lot. And um, I consider him a great mentor of mine. And like, you know, I mean, it was a challenge. Like I was, I'm an idiot. Like I said, like, so. (laughs) It took a second for me to get it, but then when I got it, like, I've just been ripping off of what I've been doing ever since, you know, as I'm a total fucking fraud. (laughs) (laughs) And then we get to, go ahead. No, no, what were you going to say? I was going to say, did Cult Classic come, Cult Classic came before, right? Yeah, I mean, Cult Classic came after Escape from the Gulag. Yeah, yeah. you know, the first series got hit with some production problems, but then we rallied back and we came back with Creature Feature and we've got some very exciting stuff coming up that I can't talk about. But it's like the more I think about it, the more it makes me want to throw up. And, <laughs> like, you know, Damien and Adrian Wassel are, again, two people for me who... Um, 
you know, I see like we were in a, maybe we were caught in a similar frame. It's like, no one believed in them. No one believed in me at a moment. And it's like, we all shook hands together and, you know, cast our lot in together and like through hell or high water. Uh, and now like things are going good. Like I have a lot of love for those two guys and I've got a lot of loyalty to them for that. Cause they stuck by me when they could have just, you know, cut their losses. Right. Right. Um, and then like, you know, just to say nice things about aftershock, like I feel as though, uh, you know, the opportunities that Mike and aftershock gave me, like have allowed me to express myself, um, in a long-term story format that I haven't, you know, like I, I've just been able to do some things there that I, I haven't been able to do anywhere else. Right. Hmm. Well, like to bring it back, um, in the back issues of cult classic, I know we tweeted about it, but that's where your premises for your personal experience and concept for midnight Vista came, right? And yeah, I wrote, a, I wrote a, like a, a very short form, short story about like the, uh, events that inspired, um, yeah. midnight Vista. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and like when I, when I was 18, I used to do, or 18 to 26, seven, I used to do stand up comedy and like, I used to have a, I used to have a joke about it too. Like, I mean, I've been talking about that, uh, a way to find, uh, I've been trying to find a way to talk about that story for a really long time. Mm-hmm. Well, I, for one, I'm glad you finally got it out there. Thanks, man. So now we can now we can talk some hot lunch and some some gangster sandwiches if you want. Yeah. Um. My my first question about hot lunch special is how how did you and Jorge kind of hook up to create this story? Was it? I mean, it's was it just you know you guys hanging around somewhere just chatting like it's what about a, this? What about or is it just kind of? It's not as cool as you think. Uh, <laughs> I, I I had gotten the story picked up at Aftershock, um, and we were going through. I mean, this is all because of Aftershock and Mike's and Joe's uh, and Christina's resources. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, you know, uh, we were looking for artists, and I had a really specific thing in mind. And I, I I saw Jorge's portfolio pop up, and I looked at it, and I was like, "This is what I want." And he was available, and then we went from there. And like nobody told him um, how dumb I was, and (laughs) like every time I kept getting pages in, I was like, "It's just like." I kept thinking about all the like the, the stupidest things I had ever done, and like I was like, oh, like like cutting off my shoelaces when I'm too drunk because I don't know how to like untie them, and then I'm like, <laughs> getting this like gorgeous art in from this like, right. total master, and I'm like, I okay, fine, fine. <laughs> yeah, because I'm always curious when there's like co-creator credits, and I wonder. You know, was it one person's idea and the other just kind of takes well, it would, and goes, or if it's 
I would never ask an artist to work with me on a creator on project uh, or from an indie publisher or anything like that without offering them uh, right. without offering them that uh, I mean that's just how it goes and he really dug into it and like he made me look good and now he's like I mean I feel bad for the guy his career's really tanked since he's worked <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's working on these no name characters at my <laughs> see and that's just like when's he gonna come back and help me out yeah right <laughs> well i mean you can definitely tell that he was feeling your your pages as he was drawing them because i mean the art in the book it's fantastic like you said i mean every this series i mean not even joking because i'm talking to you but like this is seriously my favorite aftershock book that they've put out and i mean there are some books that i mean they've done a lot of really great things but there's something about this one. I mean, maybe, maybe because the family reminds me of, like the the family from The Godfather, or you know, like a crazy season of I don't know Fargo, or you know, like something bizarre like that. It, just every every bit of it, where you have, you know, the one kind of like dopey brother off here, and there's the daughter who everyone just kind of pushes to the side but then she turns into you know like the real the person who's holding everything together you know and then ends up basically at the end pretty much running the whole show you know um i when when you started writing i mean obviously you had dorothy you know i'm guessing you had her arc in mind as you started the whole thing uh, <laughs> this is a big this is a big that's I appreciate that you responded to all of those things first of all um, you know again Hot Lunch Special was a situation of I was anyway, it was my first series that was going to come out right. that I knew was going to be complete and so I put everything I had into it and um you know, what are you guys? Are you guys, let's like, Aaron, you're Jersey, right? Are you Italian? Yeah. I'm sorry, no, I'm Italian? My my wife is. I am not. What Believe are you? it or not. I'm like Eastern European. Okay, okay, okay. And and Ronnie, what what is your ethnic background? Uh, I'm German. Okay. So I am, I'm Lebanese. And I'm I'm technically Middle Eastern. I'm I'm a half technically Arab or whatever you want to call it. And like I come like, yeah. There's a reason why you felt like the Godfather. Like the Godfather. When you think about the first Godfather movie and the second, right. like uh, the story of Michael Corleone is not the story of a first generation immigrant. It's the story of a second generation immigrant, right? right? Mm -hmm. and like that's the story i wanted to tell because that's the, that's where i come from i am not the first and i am not the second i am the third right and mm -hmm. like i wanted to represent that in the book and like the stories and the context that i grew up under like i still consider myself white on the sense that, like, I grew up with, like, extraordinary privilege, like, and, like, you know, all I have benefited from white culture, is all I'm saying. And, <laughs> but, like, 
the things my family did versus the things other people's families did are not white, right? Or are yeah, not right. are there they are from an immigrant's experience. So like um do you guys know what a Marianite Catholic is? Vaguely. Can't say that I do. Right. It's basically just Arab Catholic. It's specifically yeah. okay. it's specifically Lebanese Catholic that is in communion with the Holy Roman Catholic Church, meaning that their bus is the Pope. Um, now, my grandfather, my Jitu, uh, you know, he grew up, he came to this country from Lebanon, and he grew up in Ohio as a brown man in the 40s and 50s and 60s, and he was a fucking crazy person, piece of shit abuser, right? But, like, he was smart enough to understand that religion is a social tool, right? So, like, in America, being Catholic in most parts of the country is already weird. Like, um, especially growing up in, like, I lived in Tennessee for a couple of years, and, like, that was something <laughs> I, you know, I, I learned that there. So, Marianite Catholic, which is Arab Catholic, which is, like, weirder Catholic, right? Yeah. yeah. Like, in the middle of Ohio, right, um, he recognized that, that like, that's not going to do him any favors, right? And he wants to get close to money, and he wants to get close to people of influence. So what does he do? He sees all the white people who are Christian scientists, and Christian scientists have a lot of money because only rich people who don't believe in medicine can do that, right? Like. Right. And so he converted our family to Christian scientists. Now, like, I don't have any of that. Like, we didn't grow up with that. They always got medicine, but they always, like, believed in this sort of, like, fucking, like, you can change it mentality. Like, this naked opportunism, right? Like, it's like right. this sort of idea that everything can be flipped or that everything is for sale, um, which it is almost. Like, <laughs> I mean, it's not, but it is. And, like, that's the way I grew up, you know? And, like, we would tell the stories of our family, like the great story of our family. It's like, you know, like all of us worked in food, right? The entire Rahal family has worked in food aside from another wing of my family, which is well known for race car driving, uh, but like, um, my entire family grew up with the food. My uncle went to jail for white collar crime, right? Like, um, and you know, like growing up, raspberries were really important to us. Like, like people would live and die by fucking cherries. And like, I always thought like that was really funny. Like people <laughs> taking fruit concentrates so seriously, but also like there are the stories of my like uncle is a World War II vet, torpedo man, and there's the stories of how my um, grandmother's father, who was Corey, right? So there's the Rahal side, and Rahal mm -hmm. is a Arabic word for um, traveler. Uh, or nomad, and apparently we uh, had like an original um, last name that we changed in Ellis Island because like we had killed somebody in the old country, 
Like, <laughs> and like, you know, my grandmother's side, Corey, he was a gangster and he owned all of the bingo halls in Ohio. And like, then he went to Vegas and then he got, you know, you're talking about Godfather part two, like the, my grandfather was one of the guys that got kicked out of Vegas by the, by the uh, Italian mafia. Um, and like, you know, he was a piece of shit too, but like, we love telling like, you know, these stories of like how my one grandfather dragged out my, uh, other grandfather, like to like and beat the shit out of him on like the the factory floor had his goons beat him up because he wanted to marry his daughter and like Hmm. all this like cool stuff and this like really just big story and like uh and like i grew up with people just telling these stories over and over and over again to themselves and they're all really problematic but they're all really dynamic people and then the other half of it comes from like, I live in Minnesota and like, I love where I live and I've, I've, I found a lot of love where I live and like, I'm very peaceful here. And so I just, um, wanted to combine those two things. And that's basically where the story came from. Right. And I mean, a lot of the, the stuff you were telling us is basically, I guess, Ben's family history report that starts off, you know, the, the series pretty much. Correct. Yeah. Where he's talking, you know, his grandfather and he's out in, in Vegas and everything, you know, back and forth. And yeah, I, 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 I blended a lot of narratives together for the sake of time, but yeah, I mean, a lot of that yeah. stuff comes from a real, a very real place. Hmm. Was when, when you were putting that together, was there any, uh, not really concerned, but was it like, did you have to check with someone be like, hey, do you care if I tell this story or not? You didn't really. I mean, I tried, kinda... I, 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 I tried <laughs> to involve a couple people, but they didn't give a shit. You know, oh, uh, yeah, my family didn't start coming around on my comic book career until uh, I, I started making a living. Oh, uh, <laughs> which is fine. At least they came around, you know, but like, yeah. Um, I was ultimately respectful of everyone, but you know, it it was close, you know, it was close. Yeah. Um, so as, I mean, basically as, as the first issue sort of wraps itself, you have the two families that are basically fighting over these new truck routes in other States and everything with the sandwiches. And of course there's the, the son of, you know, the Irish mob that is either too drugged up or too, you know, just wants to make a name for himself and does goes the extra mile, I guess, beyond what he's supposed to. And they end up shooting up the diner and killing Ben. When you're writing something like that, I mean, obviously you know that, you know, the grandson's going to die, but when you come up with a character and you have the family stuff, like what is it? How do you deal with, killing a kid you know in the story for the sake of the story like is there anything that you go through when you're writing it or is it just i mean you I know, guess, for the sake of the story it's just it is what it is i i uh you know i tried i don't know what i'm doing ever right, right. And like okay. so like 
when I went to go write that story, it's like, okay, so what am I going to do, right? I'm going to write a story about a small-town crime family that goes to war with a, a big-time mafia family, right? And, like, okay, well, like, if these people are, like, real oppor- – like, if these Arabs that I'm writing about are real opportunists and they know they can't win – or they're going to fight a battle that is against their odds, which is what happens. Mm-hmm. They're going to find, they're going to do their best to find a, a peaceful way out or a negotiation or of some sort. Right. So mm-hmm. I needed, I needed to put an event in the book that made that possibility impossible. Right. 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 Like, and like so killing Ben to me, like you've already crossed the Rubicon. Like the yeah. the the blood of the innocent has been spilled. And like there is no amount of negotiation we can do to come back from that. The only debate is how do we go to war? And that's yeah. like, you know, the, the there's a brief debate of like it's it's bullets versus evidence, you know, and mm-hmm. it's like, you know, that's when the more Dorothy learns, the more she realizes, like, you know, Dorothy knew from before she knew who killed her son. She knew that if uh, she ever found that killer, she would kill them. Right. 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 And like yeah. the story is about like family, like at no point did any of the Corys really question that decision. They understand where she's coming from. They were just trying to find a different way to accomplish what she wanted, but like it didn't exist because she didn't allow it to exist. Right. Right. And I, I think part of the initial shock when I was reading the series, you know, the first time as it was coming out in within the first issue, you made him, uh, you made, uh, Ben like a fully developed character. It wasn't like, you know, sometimes you read a book or you see a TV show or a movie or something, and there's an event to, you know, that acts as a catalyst for the rest of the story, but it's not, it's just like a throwaway person in a way. But this, like you see him in his school doing his work, you see him with his mother, you see the whole family dynamic. He's working. You see that? He's like, I'm going to, I'm going to close up. I can do it. I know how to lock up. I know what I'm doing. And then all of a sudden it's like, boom. And you're like, wow, that, you know, I think that for as a reader is where where the gut punch like really came in. You're like, OK, yeah. I am 100 percent sold on this story and seeing where it goes from here, because it's like, you know, it was a character. And it seemed in a way as the first issue is going that he could have been the main character possibly in the story because there was a lot of focus on him as the as the first issue was going through. And then it's just like, no. Here you go. I'm just gonna punch you right in the face and be like, forget everything you know. And now it's crazy time, and right. here it is. And yeah. I'm so glad that worked. Uh, yeah. um, that was I, like hook, line, and sinker, buddy. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't. Absolutely. I, I, you know, because when I'm writing it, I'm thinking, man, this is fucking obvious what I'm doing. Um, but like, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm always happy to hear that. But like, yeah, I mean, the reason Ben is us. Right. Right. You know, and then um, the reason why it's tragic isn't the side from like he's a vulnerable teenager. Right. But it's also because 
he loves it, right? He loves being a part of this family. He loves the stories and he loves the legacy and he's in love with it and it kills him, right? And that's the tragedy of his story is, is that the thing that he was so fucking jazzed about is what dooms him. Um, and like, you know, um, I think that's, I mean, that the goal was just to make him an innocent figure that we can connect to. Right. And, and part of it also going back to the artwork, the, the page leading up to the shooting. Yeah. I got, I got, I, 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 I let oh, him get man. I, I let him get high because I wanted him to, you know, I wanted, <laughs> I didn't want him to feel pain at the end. <laughs> right. But I mean, just, just the whole way that the page is laid out, you know, besides that also, you know, he's sweeping up or mopping up and you see like the headlights, you know, coming closer and closer in each frame and he's just kind of relaxing and that, you know, then they get out of the car and it's, you know, there it is. I, I think a lot of, I mean, there are a lot of pages throughout this series that like hit you like that um another one i'm thinking i think it was an issue two when the family's all coming to the house and um jordan is meeting them at the door and it's you know each frame or each panel is is another family member you know basically they're hugging they're saying they're sorry they're whatever and he's there you know all stoic and it's okay go see to your sister it's okay you know take care of her and then he walks downstairs you know, and just loses it that it's, I mean, the, the storytelling, you know, when, even when there isn't a written word, you know, just through the art in this book, like really hits, you know, a ton of emotions all over the place. I mean, like, listen, like it just comes down to like, you know, I come from a family of very complicated people and most people are very complicated and like, I, I, you know, I mean, bad or good aside, a lot of good people have done bad things. And, right. like, you know, I mean, that's just, that's, I'm interested in that. Like, I'm interested in, because I've done a lot of bad things, you know, and, like, you know, those are the stories I want to tell. <clears throat> so what you're saying is you run a mafia sandwich story fighting and taking <laughs> off your your hook arm and shooting people in prison? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, not yet, but soon. It, it's not a hook, it's not a hook arm. It's a hook leg, actually. But yeah, <laughs> you got to change it up just a little bit so you uh, don't get caught. A, it, was a, it was a hook arm. It was a hook arm. Uh, but uh, yeah, I put that scene in there because I needed. Uh, I put I gave that guy a hook arm at the beginning of the book just because I thought it would be fun. Uh, right. And then I needed a reason for somebody to shoot somebody. And I was like, yes. oh, he's, he's got a fucking gun in his thing. Uh, like, yeah, that's that's the fun about being a comic book writer. It's like when you run out of time, you have to look at the things that you've already written. And you're like, where can I put a bomb? And then you're like, right. there, I can do it there. I can do it there. Well, the funny thing when, again, reading it the first time through and, you know, you see the two of them sitting in the jail uh, in the jail cell. And he still has the hook arm and everything on there. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, why? If he's in prison, why wouldn't they be like, can you take that off? Like, why wouldn't you put that aside? And then, of course, he's got the uh, gun well, hidden. And then later well, on in, you, in the issue, never, like a page later. You've never been to Minnesota. <laughs> but it's You're used to Hoboken jails, not. A couple pages later, they're like, 
what were you doing letting him with the hook in the prison, you know, in the jail cell anyway? And I was like, see, I'm glad they get it. Right. But like, that's the, but the, you know, I mean, listen, I, um, <laughs> I believe that we need a police force. However, I am very critical of the police and like, you know, there's a lot of horrific crimes in the Midwest that um, go unsolved due to very right. <laughs> due to <Yeah>. bad police. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, I'm there too. I understand. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, you know, and I'll leave it there before somebody fucking <laughs> writes me up. Before it's a clickbait headline tomorrow. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Elliot Rahal has opinion. Uh, <laughs> we'll just put t- like duck noises or something over that part with what you just said <laughs> yeah please do you think uh there's room for volume two yeah i have the idea um i have like two i had two or three ideas lined up but um you know i'm not gonna do that book without jorge right yeah right which circles back to you know him working on not so big characters now maybe one day you know but again we have to be we have to be um and i hate to do this about my own work but like you have to be a little cynical and you have to think listen like hotline special was my debut indie book from an indie publisher i'm enormously proud of it and the people Mm -hmm. who worked behind it are incredible but like we gotta call it spade a spade here and uh, not many people fucking read it and like <laughs> you know it did very well but like even doing very well for an indie publisher for a debut book it, it's it's not the kind of numbers that are you need for a sequel so the only way we could even do a sequel now is if like the book somehow picked up a second wave of heat, you know, right. and like yeah. it, it got brought back into the conversation, like, and then the stars aligned between Jorge and I, but like, apparently he's doing some sort of secret project with a guy named Thomas. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Never work with a Thomas. <laughs> <laughs> well, do you see, I mean, have you seen, you know, since, I mean, I, I don't know how many people will, I mean, I know I would, but I don't know how many just normal comic book writers would be like, oh, I like this artist. I'm going to go start picking up every old thing that he did that I can find. Or like as as you two I, are, are growing, do you see the numbers pick well, up or is it? I mean, I see it pick up not in, I mean, I can't speak for the publisher side of it, but like I see right. it. At show, I see it at shows. I see mm-hmm. it with guys like you. Uh, but I, I, you know, I, I have a lot of, I get a lot of Jorge runoff, um, and I am very grateful for it. Like, because like, you know, when those people find my work, like the people who find my work because they loved Jorge so much, like mm-hmm. those are people who love reading comics. Right. 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 And so yep. like they find me. And then they become, uh, you know, my fans for life. And, like, you know, there may not be many of them, but, like, listen, guys, like, at every show, I can count on it five to ten people coming by, buying everything off of uh, my table 
from my previous work with Jorge or from Valiant or from Aftershock or even from Dark Horse. And, like, it's an extraordinary gift. And, like, it makes a huge difference for someone who doesn't make any money. Yeah. I mean, do you see... um... I mean, also, I guess with the paybacks, you did that with um, Donny Cates, too, who, yeah. I mean, he, he's written a couple things, not a lot. Uh, uh, this thing called Ghost Fleet. Go, Ghost Fleet, yeah. 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 Uh, <laughs> but besides that, I mean, I can't think of anything else. No. But, I mean, do you see the same kind of thing, I guess, with Jorge as with Donny, that people will be like, oh, I know this name, I'm going to buy, you know, paybacks? And, uh, yeah, I mean, some a little bit. Like, yeah, there are people who will reach back that far. Not as many. I'd say I get more valiant from Dark Horse, but usually what will happen is uh, my valiant or OG Aftershock fans will stalk the catalog and then go they and get talk. It. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So, like, you know, but, like, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, it, it, it definitely happens, and I'm definitely, like, fortunate to have that. Well, I can say, I mean, I'm sure you, you saw it in Chicago this past year, but anyone who wanders by, I will throw your books right in their face and be like, yeah. Hotline Special, read this book. You have to read it. I mean, I in at uh, New York Comic Con, a couple friends of mine were with me, and of course I'd stop by the Aftershock table, and they're looking and they're like, what? I don't even know. And, you know, Midnight Vista, Hotline Special are like two of the books. I'm like, here you go. And of course, you know, so I'm, I'm pushing for you. I, everything that I've read that you've done, even the, the little robot story and, uh, Oh, that one was fun. Uh, it was a thing. All we ever wanted. Right. Mm-hmm. That was the compilation, I think yep. yeah. with the little robot and the kite, yep. you know, I mean, the one thing that I really enjoy about your writing is you definitely feel people it's not i don't it's not like kind of forced or phony like in some other things that you read like you definitely you can tell that you understand human interaction <laughs> and like when people are talking to each other or dealing with each other it feels like people are actually dealing with each other instead of two people like talking at each other yeah that's and, what i aspire for so i'm i'm very thankful that you picked that up and it's huge for me thank you yeah, and I, I can't even imagine how tough it is because, I mean, I like I've written short stories and stuff with friends and whatever. And they're always like anytime I try and write dialogue, it's just like blah, 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 blah. Like, <laughs> I, I have no I when it. someone does it, it's just like spot on. It's fantastic. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. So. <laughs> do you do you sit and have conversation with yourself trying to figure out the characters or do you, do you just kind of write it and let it go where it goes? It's all of them. You know, I just try to be as intuitive as possible. Like I try to ground, grind everything in the moment, you know, ground everything in the moment, ground everything with like a realistic human uh, emotion and, and, and stay as close as possible so it, everything seems like it matters because like I've noticed that when I try to do too much, that's when it loses itself. So I try to keep everything as close as I can while trying to make it like 
a comic book where a bunch of people right. get their fucking heads blown off and shit. Right. <laughs> like when, when people are walking into a hotel room with a bomb strapped onto somebody and then right. the entire floor explodes. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, all right. So enough about Hotline Special. I think we've hit a lot of the story. And I, again, anyone who asked me I want to read something that's not superheroes. That's one of the first things I point them towards. What? I know you have a new vault series coming out. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if things are delayed because of everything going on or if it's still coming in July. You know, uh, we, we, we again, and, and I'm not going to lie, guys, I got, I got like seven minutes left. Uh, okay. Okay. But, um, uh, we got an email update about that today. I can't say either which way because I'm not smart enough to to know what to say. Okay. Um, but we're still cooking with gas, and it's still coming. And uh, the book is, it's fucking crazy. I mean, it's just like what an incredible thing to be a part of. A book that has the words ninja vampire in it should not. Yeah. It's good. It's crazy. Futuristic ninja vampires. But it's been a blast to work on. And, and, you know, I get to flex a muscle that, like, I miss flexing, which is, like, doing my work at Valiant. Like, doing the work at Valiant was such a blast because it's, like, you know, here's something that's already kind of a thing, you know. And, like, I helped develop the ninja vampire stuff a little bit. But, like, I don't know. It's just – it's fun – uh, it's just fun. It's just a really fun story and I'm trying to make it creepy and I'm trying to make it different and I'm trying to make it cool, you know, like, uh, yeah. and I don't know. I'm excited about it. Okay. Of course we're talking about the new series, bleed them dry, bleed them dry. Oh, yes. From vault comics yeah. Yeah. with DK Ruan and Mikel Muerto and, you know, co-created, uh, by, uh, Hiroshi, uh, whose last name I, Still have trouble, <laughs> um, but yeah, again, like it's. I mean, I feel cool that the Vault guys entrusted me to like lead this, and and that's that's really cool, and it's fun, and like super noir, fucking vampire, fucking future Blade Runner stuff, and like, <laughs> you know, I like that stuff. Yeah. Like it's yeah. fun. Yeah, yeah, and I mean. I look. I'm. You'd already know that me and Ronnie are in. <laughs> yeah. But I'm. Like you said, you have vampire killer and ninjas and future Japan and all kinds of crazy whatever. And I mean, you hit like seven different things that I would read anyway. Yeah. All mm-hmm. mixed into one book, and I'm very much looking forward to that one. All right. Me too, man. Do you, um, um, uh, do you have anything else? I am, coming up you can talk I am, about or I am doing another aftershock book uh, and uh, you know we're gonna be talking about it soon I mean everything's a big question mark right now you know right. yeah. um, but like um, I'm just using this time to get ahead like I'm plowing mm-hmm. issue three right now and you know my artist on it is new and he's fucking that's so good and he has <laughs> no idea how good he is and it's like what an idiot i'm gonna use you forever (laughs) Uh, no i'm kidding but he's great and like and then i got a 
an Oni Press book I'm, I'm coming out with uh, later this year that I'm really excited about with an artist who I've, I've really admired for a long time. And then I've got Dance Gavin Dance, a robot's tale from C2 coming out, which is ridiculous. Uh, but I love me from making Z. I love Z2. Working with DGD has been fucking weird, but it's been cool. It's a really crazy fucking crazy psychedelic book. Um, and I'm doing more work with Z2, too. And, uh, you know, I mean, things are good. Things are good. Um, I have other gigs coming up that I got postponed due to the pandemic, uh, but hopefully I will. They will get picked up uh, here again soon as uh, Diamond apparently starts to release comics again. But thank you very much for for your time and talking with us about some aftershock books, some Valiant books, some Vault books, some little bit of everything. Thanks, guys. I appreciate you guys so much. Thank you. And, you know, hopefully everything frees up soon and gets back to normal-ish. I hope so, but I, I just hope everyone... Come out again. I hope so. I just hope everyone stays safe, and I hope everyone in your life stays safe, too. <laughs>